0: Hello Thrive Church. What a joy it is for me to bring the message to you today. You know, if you're new to church or you're just exploring, you're curious, or you come from a different faith background or maybe no faith background at all, we are so thrilled that you are here. We hope that you'll find that Thrive Church is a safe place to be. It's a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find some encouragement, some hope as you go into a brand new week. And you know if there's any way that we can serve you if any questions that you have please don't hesitate to reach out to us at info@thrivechurch.ca at You know, over the past several weeks, we've been doing a new series here at Thrive Church, and it happens to be the theme for our entire year, and it's New Heart, New Horizons. And it's because we believe that whether it's for yourself personally or for our church family, that God has new horizons for us. But if you want to make the most of that new horizon, it starts with your heart. It requires a new heart. And that's because the condition of your heart impacts the reach of your horizon. And so we've been looking at different ways that we can cooperate with God and work with God on having that new heart. You know, on Thanksgiving Sunday, Pastor JB kicked off the series with a message talking about the power of choosing to give thanks, and that giving thanks is not just the right thing to do, it's not just the polite thing to do, but it's actually the powerful thing to do. And over the last two weeks, Pastor JB's been sharing with us a message about how sometimes we get into a rut, we get into this pattern of thinking that is really unhealthy, and just how we can get out of it. And today I'm here to share with you the third and the most and another important key if you want to experience new heart and new horizons. And the message I'm here to share with you is called upgrade your lens. You see, just as some of us at some point in our life needs to upgrade our natural lens to maybe wearing glasses, or some of us go from wearing thin glasses to thicker glasses, the fact is, if you want to see clearly in life, we all need to upgrade our lens. And let me tell you a time, you know, let me tell you a time when I had to upgrade my lens in my life. You see, Ever since I've been married to Pastor JB for the last 18 years, every single year for Christmas, there's always a very beautiful and elaborate Christmas dinner that his extended family would have. And I look forward to the turkey that one of his aunts would make every single year. In fact, it's the one of the few times in my, like in my entire year when I would actually eat turkey. But this tradition was broken last year. It was broken because we couldn't get together for COVID, and I really missed eating that turkey. And so on Christmas Eve, you know what I decided to do? I decided that I would actually attempt to cook the uh, my, my, like the very first turkey in my life. And so I looked up a recipe. You know, I followed the recipe down to the dot. I smothered the turkey with oil. I smothered it with seasoning. I stuffed it with you know the lemons and the herbs and I put it into the oven, and I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. I was so excited about what was gonna come out of that oven. And just when we thought that the turkey should be ready, all of a sudden, there was so much smoke that filled our entire kitchen to the point where our fire alarm was triggered, and within five minutes, I'm not kidding you, within five minutes, we had three firemen and a fire truck in front of our house. And you know, I honestly don't know what it is about us and fire and, and the fire department. I really don't know. But the thing is, I had the firemen right in front of our house, and they were like, is everything okay? And there I am. I'm trying to explain to the firemen about what happened. I'm nervous. I'm panicking. King, and I feel like my heart is dripping with tears over my burned turkey, and just how much cleanup I'm going to have to do afterwards, and to me, it was such a terrible, terrible day. I feel like I had ruined Christmas, and I'd ruined our Christmas Eve dinner meanwhile I've got my two boys I've got my two boys who are leaping for joy they are so incredibly excited to see three firemen and a fire truck in front of our house now if you know anything about my younger son Caleb he loves fire trucks he loves fire trucks he loves to read about fire trucks he loves to watch fire trucks videos he loves to play with fire trucks in fact today's Halloween and he is dressed up as a little fire truck there's a picture right there that's how much he loves Fire trucks, and when he saw that there's a fire truck in front of our house and three firemen, it was like a gift from heaven. It was a gift from Santa, and he was ecstatic. And I wish I could take some credit in creating one of the most memorable and the best days of my children's lives. But the fact is, I wouldn't, because I would never ask for a fire truck to show up out of my house. I would never ask for a burnt turkey on Christmas Eve. And why am I sharing this story with you today? And it's because two people could be looking at the exact same thing, but have totally, totally different reactions, and it's because they're looking at it through totally different mental lenses. You see, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not, we all have mental lenses that we carry, and mental lenses through which we see life situations and people. And if I had to, you know, in psychology, there's actually a more technical term for mental lenses, and it's cognitive biases. And if I had to give you a very simple definition of what cognitive bias or mental lenses is, it's a mistake in reasoning based on our personal past experiences or preferences. You see, the mental lens that you have will shape the way that you see life. And it's for that exact reason that my sons and i could be looking at the exact same burnt turkey at the smoking kitchen we could be looking at the same fire truck we could be looking at the th- like the same fireman and have completely totally different reactions and you know the fact is if i had stayed in the mental lens that i was in if i had stayed in a negative mental lens it would have been terrible it would have been miserable i would have been stuck in a rut thinking about how i had just ruined christmas but i'm so glad that on that day, I decided to upgrade my lens. And because I, I, I upgraded my lens, I went from sulking about my burnt turkey to actually enjoying a personal up close and personal tour of the fire truck that the firemen decided to give us. And upgrading my lens helped me to realize that this burnt turkey, it was actually a blessing in disguise. Because, because of that burnt turkey, my kids had an unforgettable Christmas that they're gonna talk about for the rest of their lives. You see, the facts didn't change. None of the facts changed. I still had a burnt turkey. I still had a smoking kitchen. But it was my lens that changed. And because my lens changed, it became one of the most memorable and the best Christmases that we've ever had as a family. Now, let me give you a few more examples of mental lenses. You see, people who grew up in families with strict and abusive parents, they will also, they will, all, they will often have a mental lens that causes them to see people in authority as being strict and abusive and mean. Now, obviously, that is not true about every single person in authority. You could have the nicest, the most gentle, and the kindest teachers, pastors, and bosses, but because of that mental lens that you have, you tend to shape the way you see people in authority and lead you to make some wrong and inaccurate judgment about someone in your life. See, your mental lens, it shapes the way you see life and people. Let me give you another example. Receiving feedback, for example. You could be talking to two people and giving the exact same feedback about their work performance, for example. And one person could be like, so angry Psst storms out of the room and say, how could you do that? How could you say that? While the other person comes back and thanks you for the feedback and says, thank you for helping me grow. Now, what is that? It's not that the the feedback is different. It's that the mental lens they're using is completely different. Let me give you another example. Church service. You guys are watching Thrive Church service, right? And you could have two people watching the exact same service. And one person is like, I hate the preacher. I hate the message. hate the music. Everything about it is just wrong. I'm never going to come back to church again. And you could have another person looking at the exact same service and say, I love the music. I love the message. I love the community that we have here. I love the small groups. I love everything about this church. And I believe that God has put me here for a reason. What is that? It's two different mental lenses. You know, we can see examples of this in the Bible. You know, in the Bible, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, there's a story where Moses sends out 12 spies to check out a piece of land. And there were 12 spies, and the 12 spies saw the exact same things at the exact same time. And the fact but they came back, and the reports were completely different. See, it wasn't the facts that changed, it was their lenses. Two of them had come back and said, the land is amazing. In fact, the Bible says the land is exceedingly good. It is so good. God has given it to us. We must go and take it over. And meanwhile, you've got 10 other spies. And they're like, are you kidding me? The land is so dangerous. The land is so scary. Did you see the giants? Did you see them and how big they are? We are like grasshoppers next to them. There is no way that we would ever be able to take over this land. What is happening here? See, what's happening is that there are two types of lenses that are going on. The two people, what they saw through their lens, the exact same picture, was opportunities and victory, whereas the other 10 spies, what they saw was defeat, problems, and failure. You can be in the exact very same situation and what lens you use is going to determine what, what you see. Is it going to be problems or is it going to be opportunities? And in the same way, if you want to experience new heart and new horizons, then you need to upgrade your mental lens. Let's take a look at a passage in the Bible together. It's from Luke eleven thirty four 34 to 35. Your eye is a lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Now, what is this passage talking about? See, it's talking about the importance of your eyesight and the health of your eye. I have a good friend, and she's one of my best friends, and she's an optometrist, and she once shared this. She said that you can tell how healthy a person is just by looking at their eyes. You can tell how healthy their whole body is just by looking at their eyes, and how funny is it that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was already saying the exact same thing, because Jesus says how your eye is the lamp of your whole body, and when your eyes are not healthy, your whole body is not healthy, but when your Are healthy, your whole body is healthy, and you are full of light. And I believe that Jesus is not talking just about the physical eye, but he's actually talking about it on a spiritual level. And it's that when your perspective, when your lens is healthy, that brings blessings to your life because how you see will affect how you live. Your vision will determine your altitude and how high you go. And when you can see well, your whole life, your purpose, your direction, everything is going to soar. And so if you want to experience, new horizons, then you need to change the way you see and you need to upgrade your lens. And it's for that reason that today I want to share with you three ways that you can upgrade your upgrade your lens and change your vision and ultimately change your life. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. The first way, the first way is to thank God for what didn't happen. Happen. You see, it's so easy and so intuitive for us to thank God for the things that already happened. Thank God for the table, your table of food that we have, you know, before we eat. Thank God for, you know, the job that that I got. You know, thank God for my paychecks. It's so easy to thank God when we've actually received something and when we can actually see it, it with our eyes and and hold it in our hands. But the fact is, we it's it's so much harder and it's so counterintuitive to thank God for the things that did didn't happen. You see, for those of you who joined us last week, you'll know that the last one and a half weeks, as Pastor JB had mentioned earlier, was probably the most intense week that we've ever had here in the history of Thrive Church. And it's because two Wednesday goes, two Wednesdays ago, um, you know, the fire department came for a routine checkup and they noted some things about our building, which um, you know, were actually there pre-existing before our time, but there were some problems which they thought were fire hazards. And that actually just left our team with about 48 hours to find a new venue last week in order to live stream the Sunday service. And since then, we've actually been just packing up, moving out a lot of our stuff, and making that space empty as we wait for God's leading in the next steps. And here's the thing. You know, before the shutdown, our team had actually been praying and thinking about our future tenancy and whether we should try to negotiate with the landlord for an extension of the lease. And the fact is we love being in central Richmond. We're close to the SkyTrain; It's easily accessible. We love the location. I'm not talking about the building, but we love the location of being in central Richmond. And right before the fire department showed up and shut down our doors, we were actually thinking and praying about what we should do with our future lease. And so when the order came from the city of Richmond, you know, and, and, and it was that we had to shut down immediately. You know, I really found myself juggling two lenses. There were two lenses through which I was seeing this whole situation. And the first lens is probably the lens of loss. It was this feeling of, Lord, like, how could we have just lost a building? Where is our people going to gather? Lord, like, what about our staff? You know, where, like, where are they going to have an office? We just lost our office. Lord, like, we just lost so many things. And, you know, in the packing, in the process of packing, I was like, Lord, like, there is so much furniture, there's so much material, there's so many supplies that we have no way of, like, moving, and we just lost so much. And there, there was me, like, looking through the situation through this lens of loss, but as I continue to pray and think about it more, God gave me a new lens, and it was a new lens of seeing it through his goodness and his protection. And the thing is, when I started to see everything through that lens, I started to thank God that we didn't actually talk to the landlord about renewing the lease. I started to thank God that there were no fire hazards in the last 10 10 years that we've actually been in the venue. I started to thank God that we didn't renew the lease because had we renewed the lease, we would be at a higher risk for future fire hazards. And I really don't know what what would happen because there is no loss that is greater than losing our people. And there's no loss that is greater than losing the lives of precious church members. And, you know, I thank God that he didn't answer our prayers. And the way that I see the whole situation now is that I see that God loves us so much that he didn't want to leave us where we were. He wanted us to go somewhere better and greater, and he wanted to lead us to better opportunities. And so thank God for his protection and his goodness. And, you know... I I know you probably think I'm crazy for thinking this way, but let me tell you something. This is the only way that we have made it over the past one and a half weeks. This is the only way that our team has been able to move forward in the last one and a half weeks. Our lens determines the way we see. It determines how we interpret a situation, and it determines how we feel. Had I been stuck in that that lens of loss, I would have been miserable, it would have been unbearable, and it would have been just depressing but thank god we have an extremely resilient team we have an incredible church and because we saw it through the lens of god's protection we move forward and we are more ready than ever to take on the new horizon that god has in store for us and if you believe that say amen amen So what is the lesson from all of this? It's that you and I, we all need to put, we all need to learn to put on the lens of God's protection and thank God for the things that he didn't do and here's the reason why. You know, let's look at a passage. Isaiah 55, eight to nine says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, if what scripture says is true about God, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that his ways are greater uh, than our ways, then it only makes sense that he would say no to some of our prayer requests, because he knows is that what we are asking for is actually not good for us. And it's not because he doesn't love us, it's not because he wants to deprive from us, but it's because he doesn't want to give us anything less than the best. And so praise God that he was gracious enough to say no to our prayer request in extending our lease. You know, for you, maybe you've been praying for a long time for something and the doors just haven't opened. Maybe it's a job or maybe it's a relationship. I challenge you to thank God for the things that didn't happen. I challenge you to put on the lens of God's protection and see your situation through it. Don't get caught up in what didn't happen and miss the greater, greater things that God has in store for you. We are wise when we trust what what, what that God is working even when we are not aware of it. We're wise when we trust that God is is trust the way that he is working, even if it's not the way that we want. You know, instead of feeling like a victim in a random circumstance, in a chaotic world, you see that you have a God who has protected you in ways that you didn't even realize. And so when you put on the lens of his protection, you will find peace, you will find hope in your heart, which will eventually lead you to new horizons. And if you're sitting next to someone or you're in front of the chat room, I want you to type in, thank God for what didn't happen. The second way, the second way that you can shift and upgrade your lens is to look for God's goodness, even when the situation is bad. You know, here's the thing about life, is that Our lives are filled with problems. Big problems, small problems, it's all filled with problems and no matter how we try to avoid it, we will always have problems. And the fact is you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you see them and turn every problem into an opportunity. Proverbs 11.27, it says, he who seeks good finds goodwill, but evil comes to him who searches for it. In other words, if your lens is focused on searching for things to complain about, you will find plenty because the verse says, evil will come to him who searches for it. But if your lens is focused on searching for things to thank God for, you will also find plenty because the Bible says, he who seeks good finds goodwill. The question is, what is your lens focused on? You know, in the Bible, the apostle Paul knows this extremely, extremely well. See, Paul had a heart for God, and his goal for his entire life was to serve God. And he felt called to go to Rome to preach the gospel because he believed that if he could preach the gospel in Rome, that it had the potential to spread to the rest of the world. And so his dream, his bucket list, his prayer request, every desire that he had, his calling was to go to Rome and preach but instead of being in Rome as a preacher he finds himself in Rome as a prisoner and the- And everything that he wanted, he got the exact opposite. And you see, Paul, he could have looked at the situation in many different ways. He could have actually seen it through a very negative lens. You know, I'm putting myself in his shoes, and I'm thinking about how, like, how would I look at it if I were him? In fact, like, if there is a complainer's version of Philippians verse, you know, chapter one, verse 12 to 13, this is what I believe Paul could have said. He could have said, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me... really sucks as a result of the hell that I've been through. I'm quitting ministry, leaving my small group, and never going back to church. Honestly, that's what he could have said. And don't try to look up the complainer's version of this verse because there is no such thing. And But this is actually what the real verse in NIV, the New International Version, says. And I, wanna, I want you to read the real verse. The real verse says this, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Let's pause for a second. See, what Paul is saying is, hey guys, it looks like I'm in really, really bad shape, but actually what is happening to me is really, good. And then in verse 13, he continues and he says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Let's pause. See, what is he saying? He's saying is, you know, look at me. I'm right now in the, like, in the prison, and every single eight hours, I've got a new Roman guard who comes and looks after me. I get to preach to a Roman guard every eight hours, and they have no choice but to listen to me preach an eight-hour sermon on how good my God is. Now, who do you think the prisoner is, right? That's verse 13, if I had to praise, paraphrase that for you. And then verse 14, he says, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. You see, in Paul's situation, his circumstances didn't change. He was still locked up in prison, but he used the lens of God and he saw opportunities. In the same way, when you face problems, you have a choice. You can either see the problem or you can see it as an opportunity in disguise. You see, Zig Zegler, one of the world's most influential motivation speakers, once said this. He says, when When you focus on problem, you will see more problems. But when you focus on possibilities, you will see more opportunities and you will always find what you are looking for. If you decide that you're gonna look for all the bad in a situation, you will find a lot of things to complain about. On the other hand, if you choose to look for God's goodness, you will also see that. You'll see God's fingerprint all over, and you'll occasionally feel like God is actually winking at you. And if you pay attention to how God is working, you will also find yourself seeing the good in people. You know, I keep going back to the move because it's so fresh in my mind. But over the last one and a half weeks, I have seen so much of God's goodness and God's provision, despite the fact that our church is currently without a church building, without a physical home. And let me just tell you some of the ways that I have seen God's goodness in the last one and a half weeks. When we first found out that we could not use the facility last Sunday, JB's parents, he, um, you know, my in-laws were so generous and so gracious in saying, hey, we've got an empty space right now. Do you guys wanna turn that into your soundstage? That is God's goodness. You know, over the past like one and a half weeks, we've received more calls from members of our church asking if they could help in any way. And we've got, seen so many people coming through the church doors, helping with packing and sorting, cleaning, moving things to storage, making trips, multiple trips like tons of trips to the off you know, to the recycling depot to the garbage depot decorating the stage selling our stage or selling our furniture and offering to help and JB and I are so incredibly blessed to be surrounded by the most amazing staff team the most amazing volunteers and the amazing church family that is God's goodness you know when it came praise God, when it came time for us to move our furniture, we were like, we need professional help. But it was the end of the month, and who, like, we we just felt like, you know, everybody is moving, how are we going to find a mover at this time? But praise God, he totally provided us with a mover. And not only did this mover come one day, he actually came out four days during his spare time with his big truck to help us move, because he felt really bad that we had so much stuff. And praise God, because God knew that we needed a mover friend, and In order to help us move, that is God's goodness and God's provision. You know, so many things. By the time that Friday rolled around, and I'm like, I have a message that I need to write. Praise God, because God sent my parents. My parents just moved here several, uh, like two months ago from Taiwan. And because they were here, they helped me with pickup and drop-off and taking care of my kids all weekend so that I could focus on the message. That is God's goodness and provision. And, you know, I thank God for God's perfect timing. Because looking back, the fact is, I'm so glad that this shutdown didn't happen on Christmas week. I'm so glad that this didn't shut down when we were having Thanksgiving. I'm so glad that it didn't shut down during kickoff, during some of the most, like, sort of playoff times in the in, in our church, because it would have been so much worse. And so, praise God that this happened in a time when our church has been trained online for 18 months, and we, we transitioned so smoothly. Praise God, that's His goodness, and that's His provision. And there were just so many things. There were so so many things that happen at just the perfect time and so many coincidences that I would be a fool if I didn't see them as God's goodness and provision. And now when I think about the future of our church, I don't dwell on the fact that we are temporarily out of a physical home. I focus on the fact that God is leading us to something better and something greater. And you know what? I don't know what that greater plan looks like. I don't know what that greater plan looks like, but what I do know is that if, as a church, we continue to pray, we continue to seek God, and that as we continue to, to just trust that God is gonna lead, he's gonna lead every step of the way, he's gonna provide everything that we need, and that as a church, we are going to experience new horizons together. And that is awesome, that is amazing. And I know that because of what has happened has not broken us, It will only make us stronger as a church, that we will become more influential in the city of Richmond and in the city of Vancouver. And if you believe that, say amen. 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 How about you? You know, are there situations in your life where you need to put on a new lens and look at it through God's lens of His goodness and see new opportunities? The fact is, in bad times, our God is still good. He's still involved. He still cares. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you, even in the dark times. And even when we are waiting, we can trust that God is working and we can still praise Him because no matter what our circumstances look like, God is always, always good. So if you're sitting next to someone or you're in front of the chat room, I want you to write, God is always good. God is always good. God is always good. The third way, the last way that I wanna share with you about how we can see life's problems and setbacks is to focus on eternity. You know, I'm extremely blessed in that God has given me amazing, amazing parents who have taught me so much about life. And if there's one lesson that has sustained me through my life and through a lot of life's hard situations and fueled my ministry today, it's the lesson of focusing on eternity, which my mom taught me. You know, over 10 years ago, I lost my brother to an accident. And Dan, you know, my brother, he is four years older than me. And losing him was one of the hardest things that ever that ever happened to me. And it's the hardest thing that my family has ever had to go through. And I still remember the day that it happened. You know, Pastor JB and I, we had just finished a prayer meeting at our house with Thrive Church. And I received a phone call from our pastor in Taiwan saying, Charlene, call home right away because something has happened. And as soon as we found out what happened, he, uh, Pastor JB and I, we packed our bags and we were on our way to the airport, caught the next flight out, and we were in Taiwan within the next 24 hours. And as soon as we arrived in Taiwan, my parents and, uh, and I, we started planning all the details of the funeral service, of the memorial service, and in my head, I just couldn't imagine how we were going to make it through. And I just couldn't understand, like, why would God allow something like this to happen? If he really loved my family, why would he allow this accident to happen? And I really questioned if God cared at all. I really questioned and doubted God's goodness but there was one afternoon in the midst of all that planning and in the midst of the busyness that we were going through, my mom came up to me with tears in her eyes, and she said this, and she said, she gave me some directions on how to plan this funeral service, and she said, I want you to inform all the guests who will be coming, I don't want them to wear black, I want them to wear colorful clothing. And then she said, I want you to talk to the decorators, and I want you to tell them I don't want white flowers, I want colorful flowers, and I want colorful balloons. And then she said, and I also want us to prepare Haagen-Dazs ice cream, those small cups of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I want us to buy enough for every single person that comes to the funeral service because Haagen-Dazs ice cream was your brother's favorite and I know that he would want to share it with everyone. And you know what? I was speechless because the directions that my mom was giving me, what she was sharing with me was contrary to anything that I knew about how to plan a funeral service and anything that I ever attended. But do you know why she said that? It's because she saw my brother's passing through another lens, and it was the lens of eternity. You see, although his life on earth had come to an end, she believed and knew that Dan continued to live on in heaven, and that now he was in the best place in heaven with Jesus, and that he was in the best hands, the hands of God. And just because his life on earth had ended, she knew that his new life in heaven had just begun, and she wanted his funeral service to reflect just that. She didn't want a somber funeral service where everyone is mourning and weeping and without hope. She wanted people to come and celebrate his new life in heaven with beautiful flowers, balloons, and ice cream. And that was how we ended up planning his funeral service. And here's the thing, the fact is my brother's passing, it didn't change how much it didn't change how much we love him, it didn't change how much we miss him, but her lens changed. And I'm so thankful for the lens of eternity that she put on because it was only through that lens of eternity that we were able to find hope, strength and comfort in that time. You see, what enabled my mom to see through in a lens of eternity this way, it's because of the hope that we have in Jesus. It's the idea that God is perfect and completely without sin, but because he loved you and because he loved me, he decided that he would send his one and only son to die the most brutal death on the cross so that we can our sins can be forgiven, so that we can be reconciled to him. And three days later, he rose again from the grave to show that he he is who he claims to be, which is the Son of God. And the Bible says that when we believe what he has done for us on the cross, that when we receive Jesus Christ into our life as our, as our Lord and as our Savior, that we automatically become children of God and citizens of heaven who will be with him for eternity. And it's because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ that we are able to see through a new lens, the lens of eternity. What about you? You know, maybe, maybe you're going through a challenge in your life right now. What do you think it would look like if you looked through it with a lens of eternity? I challenge you to look through it with a lens of eternity. Maybe all day, every day, you're taking care of kids and you wonder if what you do really, really matters. Can I tell you something? The fact is putting on the lens of eternity means realizing that you, what you do matters to god even when no one sees even when there's no pay even when the hours are long it matters to god and that there will be reward with god in heaven when we're faithful with what god gives us maybe right now you're looking at the way that you spend your money and you, the way that you spend your time and it's all for things that don't really last Putting on the lens of eternity means that you intentionally use your money and your resources for the things that matter in the kingdom of God and for God's purposes and not just for our own pleasures and comfort. You know, or maybe in the season you feel like you haven't really cared that much about your coworkers or your family members or people that you see on the street or your clients or people that you meet, putting on the lens of eternity is recognizing that people matter to God and that everyone needs Jesus, that you can make an impact in people's lives for eternity. You know, maybe right now you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Putting on the lens of eternity, it means remembering that God is writing a greater story with your life, and that the one, and, the, and one that doesn't even end with your life on earth, but one that continues on, that involves generations after you, here on, like onto earth and onto eternity. What would that problem in your life look like if you looked at it through the lens of eternity? You know, I want us to um, go into a time of responding to God. Maybe today you're listening to the message and you realize that you want the hope that is found through Jesus Christ, that you want the lens of eternity. Can I tell you something? It all begins with asking Jesus to forgive you your sins and inviting him to be your Lord and Savior. And if you realize that that's what you want to do today, then it's as simple as praying a prayer. What I want you to do is, there's a QR code that is on the screen. I want you to scan that QR code or there's a link in the chat room. You can click on that link and there it will take you to a simple prayer that you can pray. And if you want to ask Jesus today for forgiveness, then go ahead and scan that QR code, click that link, so that, And just so that you're not doing this alone, I'm going to say this prayer with you. And I'm going to invite everyone to say this prayer together. So let's pray that together. Dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins and rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, then congratulations because according to the Bible, your sins are forgiven and you are a child of God and you have the hope of eternal life with God in heaven. And we have gifts that we wanna give to you. And so you know, we, we wanna celebrate this new relationship that you have with God. What I'm gonna ask you to do is scroll to the bottom of the page If you could type out your information. We wanna connect with you and we wanna connect you with that gift. Congratulations. There's a second group of people that i'd like to pray for and the second group of people maybe you're in a place you're in a very low point in your life maybe you're going through a problem or a challenge in your life right now maybe it's in your family maybe it's in your relationships maybe it's in your health or you you know concerning your work or your ministry maybe you're listening to the sermon today and you realize that it's time to upgrade your lens and what I want to do is I want to give you a chance to pray together. You know, like today, if you feel like you want to thank God, you want to start thanking God for the things that didn't happen, that, you want to, that, you, like, that you've neglected to see the goodness of God in situations, that you need a new lens of seeing situations through eternity, then I invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Jesus I, thank you I thank you that you are all-knowing all-seeing and and all-powerful you know exactly Exactly. what I'm going through and I believe believe that you want me to see life life. and my problems problems through an upgraded lens lens. and so today today, I choose to put my trust in you you and invite you to give me new lenses and see things through your perspective through your perspective I thank you, for the things that didn't happen thank you for the things that didn't happen because I know you are protecting me because I know you're protecting and preparing me for something greater me. I thank you, that even in bad times, thank you that even in bad times that you are still good, you're still good. and I thank you for the hope that we gain oh, through, Jesus through Jesus Christ in Jesus name we pray in Jesus name. amen amen Amen. Amen. let's give our god a big hand in this place hallelujah